0: Everybody, welcome back uh, to Afterwave Hour. Ah, man. That's how this is going to go. After, (laughs) Alpha Wave After Hours. Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, man. I just, I've got off vacation and I don't know how to speak anymore. But um, we're back with Cody Pierce and Mark St. John as his phone goes off. Uh, this is a very unprofessional podcast and that's just kind of how we roll. Um,
1: and I'm a very important person.
0: Yeah, I, I bet, I bet you're
1: my car warranty insurance is about to expire and it's important that my 13 year old truck gets a new warranty. That's why they call me 40 times a day.
0: You know, I have the, I have the iPhone setting. I don't know if you, if this is on Android, but it'll basically send any unknown number to voicemail. And it's, it works pretty well. The only time it doesn't work is when, um, you know, like a doctor's office calls or somebody calls, but at least they can leave a
1: voicemail. Yeah. I'll look into that. There's not one by default. I think I can pay for one from Verizon or whatever, but you would think that you're, well, you would think, but that they would want to do it. Give it out to their consumers for free as a feature, but why do that when they could make you pay for it?
0: It just like they busted like they somebody. Did. They just busted like a big robocall ring and fined them two hundred million dollars.
1: Where was it based out of? Texas. Motherfucker! Right here. Stop moving to Texas and open up shady businesses, people.
0: Well, I think it's a they're taking that business-friendly climate a little too seriously.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taking that, t- that tax dodging.
0: I don't know why you would do it in the U S though. Wouldn't you want to just do it overseas and not worry about it? Or is it <laughs> maybe the,
1: maybe it was an old call center that already had the infrastructure and having to pivot or go out of business.
0: <laughs> just sold it to scammers. Yeah. Hey, let's make a buck, sell it to people that annoy the whole world.
1: I did. I did uh telemarketing as a kid. You just dialed, dialed uh, phones with a script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was for uh, it actually oddly enough, they sold they sold warranties for um it's, it was it was a he- it was hell. Like you the job were, was hell. You were part and of so the they problem. Would, yeah, it was part of the problem. So they actually I I don't want to say the company's name, but they sold warranties to people like who would buy from like PC Richards and Sons, which is a big retail store up in like the Northeast, right? So I would be I'll, I'll calling people, ask them about shit that they bought the past couple months. And if they wanted to buy, like, you know, the warranty for it. And my last day, the day I decided to quit, I'd absolutely had enough. The only reason I'd stayed there is cause like friends worked there and you know, you're like 17. It was whatever.
0: Yeah. You know, it's not going to be a long-term job.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my last day there, I had to, I called, on behalf of PC Richardson and sons. And I got this guy in New York, totally awesome New York accent. And he lets me go through my spiel. And at the end, he's like, Hey man, why the fuck are you trying to sell me an air conditioner warranty in New York? I'll he's like, I'll use this th- window unit maybe two times a year. And then he just like told me to fuck off and it was r- real New York and nice about it. But I was like, shit, man, that is annoying.
0: I I like that you described fuck off as a nice New York thing.
1: Well, you know, they can, they can really wrap it up. They can really hit you over the head with that kind of stuff. And you don't really notice it. You know,
0: I appreciate it. It's like brutal honesty.
1: Yeah. It's an art. It's it's, it's, and he had, and it's also, you know, I was the one bugging him when I realized it. So,
0: so as a 17 year old, you were just like, fuck this. This guy's right. I'm out.
1: Yeah, I'm out. Like, it's not like I got paid for signing up any more of them, so get, went back to delivering pizzas. Mr. Jims.
0: Yep. How long did yeah. you? Yeah. Mr. Jims is a like a Domino's in North Texas. Is it? Except it's way
1: better. It's way better than Domino's, but yeah.
0: Is it still around?
1: Hell yeah, yeah. The store I worked for is still one of the top top stores.
0: And how long did you work there?
1: How oh, about five years? It was awesome.
0: Just slinging pizzas for five.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I did it all. Yeah.
0: As a a teenager, like there's some really good jobs as a teenager. I worked at Walmart, which was a pretty good job. I'm not going to lie. I don't know how different Walmart is these days, but they paid me. Okay. And, you know, I walked around a lot wearing an apron. So there was that part that was a little bit, lame, but, um, you
1: still have the blue apron.
0: No, they, you have to give it back. Man. Yeah. I mean, you know, someplace like Walmart, they have their expenses down to a science. They're not going to give you a free smock. Plus I might've been able to go back in and do some social engineering, you know, could have, that's true. Walked in with my smock, uh, smock and demanded free stuff or something. The coolest thing was there was a McDonald's in the Walmart this is a, this at Walmart off of 121 and there's a McDonald's in the Walmart so I was getting free food and I would just take my lunch break there and eat free food so as a, as a teenager that's a perk uh, you know everybody nowadays they want 400 grand stock options health care uh, but when you're a teenager you just need a little bit of extra money and maybe free food and that's kind of that's
1: that's kind of what you're looking for was wesley willis ever made aware of the walmart mcdonald's because that's a song he could he could have ran with that that was that's a whole album of material for him
0: did he do any uh food based songs consumerism song oh he did the airlines one at the end
1: yeah yeah
0: how did he 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 always ended his songs in a certain way
1: yeah blockbuster difference Why, b- blockbuster video wow what a difference stuff little, <laughs> little quips like that <laughs>
0: uh if you if 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 you're listening and you've never heard Wesley Willis uh he's a legend passed away almost 10 years ago right maybe yep. maybe more yep. but he would headbutt you if, that was like a term of endearment if you went to see him and you met him he would give you a headbutt instead of a handshake
1: prolific songwriter encourage you to Lick a Snow Leopards, pooty Hole. Rock and ro- oh, he had Rock and Roll McDonald's was a song.
0: Oh, there you go. So he already covered McDonald's.
1: Yeah, but not, the, not a Walmart and McDonald's, though. So. What is that, a McDonald's and a Walmart.
0: That band, That's that the, group that did the combination Pizza Hut Taco Bell song. That was the oh, game. Who, was it? Doss Racist. Which, by the way, is like the dumbest name I've ever heard. Yeah. But they did but a song called Combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. Damn. Uh, I I forget the lyrics, but I mean, the lyrics must include the ability to eat pizza and tacos in the same city. Yeah. Because that, that seems pretty
1: important to the context. Teenage Bottle Rocket had a good jam, Bloodbath at Burger King, where the employee just finally loses his mind and just quits.
0: To like, what's the bloodbath? Like,
1: Kills people or something? Well, I don't think he quite goes that. I think it's just visualizing, getting the hell out of there.
0: No, that might have been kind of clever in the nineties, but
1: nowadays that's too too real. You can't get away with it, yeah. It's too much. What are what are other hit fast food tracks? Oh, you know what one we should try to find the audio or if you if you've never heard it before, look at the story of Ween and Pizza Hut.
0: Oh, I've, yeah, I've uh, read that
1: where they they submitted a song and Pizza Hut hated it and said they didn't have enough references to the cheese or whatever. So they made another we, one. Yeah. Where the motherfucking cheese at. No, it's where the cheese go at. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: where the motherfucking cheese go at. I
1: mean, if oh, you hire man.
0: Ween to do a song... Can you, can you like push back on the weanness of it? Cause it, no. their no. is just to be yeah. goofy.
1: Yeah. It's like bringing in like David, David Byrne or something. Be like, could you, could you make this a little bit more palatable?
0: Not so artsy. Don't be, Yeah, we want to sell pizzas, but we also want to be hip and relevant yes. to pop culture. So find something in the middle. Mm-hmm. It, it's always a little bit slimy.
1: That's one of the best insults I've ever heard. Was is when rappers call each other uh, uh, ringtone rappers.
0: I, I don't know, man. Uh, uh, I, I think like that ringtone movie. rappers made a lot back in the day. They did. I'm,
1: they did make. They did make a lot. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I just think it's a good disc. It
0: is a good disc. Uh, Soldier Boy though probably bought a mansion off of just his Soldier oh, yeah. Boy tell him ringtone. Yep. <laughs> do people even change their ringtone these days? My dad changes no. his ringtone.
1: But. I, I, I was actually thinking about that the other day. Cause I don't even know what my ringtone is. It's just a default one. And I, I, like we heard it then, but I don't even recognize it. And I haven't. And I remember it used to be a big push. It used to be like a feature of the phone and like the, the service provider would sell you. You could buy like songs, mm-hmm. MP3, 99 cents. And, yep. You could have like Britney Spears on there. And equip. The king of all ringtones obviously is the, uh, Michael Scott's ringtone, but
0: what is Michael
1: Scott's ringtone? Uh, the Furky song. She's got me spinning. Dun, 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 dun. And it, it's like an old eight bit. <laughs> it's so good.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I never really spent much money on that kind of stuff. I, I would go, go, I would spend way too much time finding a data cable off the internet so that I could plug my phone into my laptop and, and mess with it. So I'd have to Mm -hmm. get like a data cable for the, I think I had like a sprint flip phone and I could hook it up and then you could tether and call out. That was the big deal. I wanted to be able to dial out from anywhere, which I I never use, but that was always the thing that kind of sold me about the old phones. Do you get one of those? Yeah. I don't know. The, uh, advertising is hard mark and i have found that making ads that people enjoy and also want to buy is an art and we're you know we're technical founders so we've never really been exposed to marketing and advertising and we started out trying to be Correct. I think we start we started out wanting to make sure that what we said was true and correct and technically held up. But what we found is that does not work in advertising, which is why someone like Domino's doesn't just come out and tell you the temperature they cooked it at, the calories, the weight of a pizza.
1: No, they just throw the fucking noid at you, and you're like, "Oh, it's the noid, of course. I want a pepperoni pizza." Like, how do we get, how do we get to that level of of advertising where you just run bits? We we spent so much time trying to look professional and sound like a big company, and and here we are, people. Yeah, and here we are
0: <laughs> with nonstop bits. Yeah. But but you, it's you have to you can't have a lot of words you can't be real wordy when you do an ad or when you try to get somebody interested in a topic it has to be really straightforward and it has to have sizzle I'm always telling Mark turn up the sizzle you know it has to snap
1: yeah and I, I don't get how people are so creative with that kind of stuff um, just talking with somebody who does advertising and marketing full-time. And they want you to create all these stories about like simple t- It's, it's, it's very similar to how we were, b- you build like user stories for products. You break it down to like the common message and then keep iterating on it and get it as wordy as possible. And she was putting me through the ringer and it was awesome. I was very uncomfortable. Um, she was very professional about it, but I was like, damn, man, this, this is an, an art form. And this lady had an entire workbook she was going through. By the time I was done talking to her, I had basically outlined everything we'd ever done. She's like, okay, I can summarize this into a couple couple sentences. It'll be great. And I was like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, you have to go through all of this just to get those couple of sentences. I was like, okay, uh, you know, that's impressive. And I don't, I could never do it. I get to, I get to, like it takes me forever just to write stuff. If I sit down to write a 200 word blog article, it's going to take me a couple hours just because I'm going to hate it the first couple of iterations. And then when I finally have one, I'm going to go back over and try to make it sound as academic as possible. And then I realize that nobody wants to read academic stuff. And that then I had to go back and like try to rewrite it. Like I actually wrote it. That's like, when I finally just get to the point of just saying, right, you know, write how I talk um, stuff always comes out a little bit better. And I don't know if that necessarily translates well to advertising, but uh, it helps me a lot with doing writing.
0: There's a big difference in, in the person that wants to read a um, air quotes. Again, my second podcast using air quotes again, but there's a difference in people that want to read the technical information and references. And people that want to buy a product. Yes, you know you can win. You can win favor with highly technical people, but that's not usually the person that you need to convince. When we talk about our product, uh, you know, if anybody's been in security, kind of gets it. And the technical pieces of it might be novel and interesting, but we're not trying to convince them to spend time, you know, pay and get to know and use the product. So it, it it's a big difference. And there's a place for both. I'm, I've written a lot of technical articles and done a lot of technical research and it's very enjoyable. Um, and there's a place for it. But as far as product marketing, that route is, is not going to be as fruitful not with us. Well, we're not, you know, the buyers have such little time, right. And they're inundated with ads and other vendors. And, you know, I I have empathy, right. I have empathy for the CISO or the director that is getting emails for products nonstop constantly. Right. So if we constantly come in and we're like, Hey, we're, we're a different kind of vendor. And they're like, okay, okay. Buddy. Okay. What are you, are you selling a security product?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Oh, great. You
0: yeah. know, and, and Mark and I are not into most vendors, most vendors, I think not, and I don't want to say snake oil, but it's snake oil. There's some really pointless products out there and people pay for them. And I think part of that is the marketing and the story and sales and in the art of it.
1: Yeah, I, I wonder how far in some of these security vendors have, have got their hooks into people that have been peddling them these detection mechanisms and automated responding and I don't, you know, there's just a lot Deception of- Deception technologies. This. Deception technologies is definitely one that I, I'm not quite sure uh, is super awesome yet. I think there's a, a use for it in the future, but uh, why are we doing that when people are still leaving buckets open and shit? Like, I don't, I, do I, I just don't know how you're going to do a deception, bucket, like, why not just use like canary tokens, right? That's an insanely useful bit of technology you don't need to get into deception based and, you know, altering traffic routes and trying to fool attackers into querying other databases and shit like that
0: i don't even know how it works how is it supposed to work
1: i don't know right like so the way i've seen it demoed to me in the past was that you know you have like a few different sql servers or database servers and then you have some that also operate in the same subnet and appear to have the same data and they'll limit access to it if one's if one's brought up or accessed, they'll shut it down and only give them access to like the honeypot one. That
0: sounds complicated.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I've only seen one or two vendors too. So I, if apologies, if that particular segment of the market has greatly enhanced its um, productivity, but I feel like it's already been lapsed by people who are offering like cyber range and, and continuous breach detection and, and tool checking, you know?
0: Oh, I don't care how, mu- how much better it has gotten. It's the wrong, it's the typical security response to problems. Make it completely over complicated and a pain to manage and yeah. add very little value. So with all the time to deploy deception technologies, you could have probably deployed really good um, EDR and telemetry and monitoring and Uh, you know, a ton of other things that would make more of a difference.
1: Yeah. I'm not sure that I would want my ops team monitoring deception logs all the time, but who knows?
0: Well, you mentioned canaries like thinks canaries (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, solve the problem in a much better way because Mm -hmm. essentially you're looking for an anomaly, but you're looking for an anomaly that is guaranteed to be bad. Yep. Like a honeypot or like a canary. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, is my understanding of how Thinks is deployed, it's simply an account or some access that you deploy through the normal mechanisms that you, you know, you use for legitimate things. And then if somebody compromises that and uses it to log in, well, you've got a smoking gun.
1: Yep. I think they've got even way more advanced tokens as well, where you can embed them inside documents, inside uh, database rows and things like that. So it's...
0: Yeah. They, yeah, they've gone, they might've started with the AD uh, yeah. canary, but they've definitely grown more. They just, they just reached a hundred million dollars in revenue or something. Crazy.
1: Yeah. Because they're useful,
0: useful it's and same, easy to it, use,
1: useful and easy to use. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
0: But the advertising game is, is
1: how did they, how did the, well, maybe we need to go back a, and get a time zone and see how they advertised upfront, steal their playbook, because that's a, that's a concept that nobody was using and it sounds too good to be true, but it's actually just like the rest of this. It's actually f- fundamentally easy to do, but people latched onto it. Like how did they convince people that what you need to do is just make fake accounts and, you know, put these tokens everywhere, these little trip, trip wires and breadcrumbs.
0: My guess is they had a, f- a freemium model.
1: Yeah, maybe you get up to X tokens or something. Or
0: one type of token because the pricing would have to scale out with a number of canaries. So if you were yeah. pricing you say, Hey, you know, first 10 canaries are free first five are free. And then once you understand how easy it is to deploy them, then you can ramp up with the sales part of it. That's my guess. Having yep. no idea. I'm just going to throw out a, a yeah. <laughs> un, uninformed, ignorant guess, Yeah, but that's my pleasure. <laughs> that's, I, I love to talk about what other people do in a context yeah. as if I'm an expert. Yep. This, is thought, this is podcast thought leadership we're doing right here, man.
1: Yeah. Yep. We're, we're the Suez canal boat of thought leadership. We're just kind of stuck in our, in our rut. And we're
0: hurting other people at the same same time.
1: (laughs) How many, how many, uh, let's just put it on the record here from now on. How many presentation slides is that picture of that dude with the backhoe? Oh, right. Pushing the boat. Yeah. Is that, that's going to be in every technology slide deck for at least the next year, year and a half. It's going to be just a meme that's going to get so beat down, but it makes a good point. it, It makes a fantastic point. I think that boat's still stuck, too.
0: Yeah, it's stuck. They might might free it tomorrow, but they're trying to dig out 50 feet of dirt, hoping that the thing can float. Um, There's a lot of people backed up, and then other people are taken the long way around.
1: Yeah, you got to sail around Africa.
0: Yeah, and the the pirate, piracy, the pirate portion of Africa. Oh, I didn't even think about the, that. The oh, they're horn. having a
1: heyday. I bet they're having a heyday.
0: Oh, they're going to rent. You know, uh, interesting fact that you may or may not know: you could, at one point, buy shares in a pirating outfit out of Somalia. So you would get a split of the booty uh, if you owned a certain number of shares in this. In the, I don't know, do pirate crew? The, I mean, are they this the pirate corporation? <laughs>
1: What, how, are you being serious? Because I'm I wanna, being totally serious. You I can, need to understand how this works. You yeah. can
0: invest in piracy and get the spoils of
1: of a good old fashioned What is that like occupation? on some weird penny stock market somewhere or something?
0: No, it's not a stock market. I think you have to
1: know a pirate in Somalia. Oh, well, how, how do you know about this? You I'm, know a, some, I'm educated, man. Educated. Do you know some Somalian pirates? No, I
0: I did not buy into piracy.
1: Concerned about this now.
0: I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, they have their own stock exchange. It's on Wall Street Journal. So this was from 2011. The first quarter of 2011 saw 142 pirate attacks. So, you know, it's it's a, it's a
1: business. But who, who who runs this stock market? Who runs this? Who runs it? Like the Somalian stock market? You're. I need info now because my it's little all, brain is under, just... I
0: mean, it's all underground. You're thinking about. Oh, okay. I think you're thinking about okay. it a little bit too, too legitimate. Remember, this well, is you piracy. Said you, this, there are no rules, but Apparently 70 entities are listed on the Herard here exchange and it pays investors a share of the profits. According to a former pirate who spoke to Reuters, the shares are open to all and everybody can take part, whether personally at sea or on land by providing cash weapons or useful materials. Okay. We've made piracy a community activity. You know what's you know what's fucked up? Pirates com- care more about their community than our politicians. Yeah, we're never going to get political on this show because I hate politics. But but uh, even pirates want to take care of their community. The biggest pirate on the here Exchange. And apologies to any uh, anyone that speaks that language for me butchering it. But uh, Muhammad Hassan Abdi, who goes by the name of. Athlane or Big Mouth—he's the father. He's the most popular one out there. Abdi.
1: And does he run? Uh, he runs the stock market. Or he runs the biggest piracy groups out there. The biggest piracy group. Okay. Interesting.
0: Oh, the Harad here is a village. Luxury. they went from a, fish, a small fishing village to a town crowded with luxury cars. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's like it's like the the modern day like <clears throat> Portugal or whatever. They're just pirates everywhere. Yeah, sounds like it.
0: It might be worth a worth a visit one day. Maybe we can do a remote podcast from the pirate capital of the world. We talk. I mean, we've talked about piracy already in the software domain. Why yeah. not take it?
1: Let's cross it over.
0: Yeah, let's figure out what they do, and, and maybe get some tips on advertising because if you can sell pirate, well. If you can sell piracy, then we should be able to sell software. Yeah, or maybe piracy is easier to sell.
1: Yeah, it already has romanticism around it. Everybody likes pirates. Everybody thinks pirates are cool. And it's also nice to know. these said the guy's name was Big Mouth. It's nice to know that they're keeping on the tradition of like having pirate names. I mean, Big Mouth isn't as cool as like, you know, Red Death or Blackbeard or. Let's do, Still all right.
0: It's a pretty good name. Yeah. It's a pretty good name. Cause like the boat comes up and you're like, Oh shit, it's big mouth. And maybe he, maybe when he does his piracy thing, I always think of them like uh WWF fighters, right? Like they have to have some kind of bit or something. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, oh, yeah. he, maybe he yeah. gets on and he just like lectures for an hour.
1: And just cuts a promo on them.
0: Yeah. He just, <laughs> right you there. get there yeah. and you're like, Oh shit, bad mouth's coming. We're about to be lectured. On the economics of piracy for two hours, and that's how he just gets them. Old big
1: mouth. Old big mouth.
0: Well, we tried. Oh, we, we tried to advertise the last podcast on Twitter. We Mark and I we do uh, some advertising for OfferWave on LinkedIn, and it's it's pretty nice. You can select uh, you know a title and industry and all the things you would expect, but. I promoted my tweet about the podcast on Twitter and uh, I spent a hundred dollars and I selected anyone from 18 to 56. That's as specific as I could get. And the people that were liking it were complete randos. And we even got a nice little comment on the tweet that simply said, no, thank you. And I don't know if that person was expecting... I mean, it was just it was kind of polite. It was kind of a polite way to respond to a promoted tweet. Although kind of rant not what I would think of when I see a promoted tweet. I just scroll by them. But maybe I can just start thanking everybody.
1: It was pretty audacious on your part because I don't think anybody's going to listen to the podcast based on a random tweet. But um, it it, it did give us our first haters. And, And to me... That means that we've made it. What, what, uh, the one guy that blocked you and then critiqued us for linking YouTube. What did he say? I don't know. He just said, like, "God, oh, did you tell them about the perils of linking unverified Twitter account links, or clicking them or something? I was like, man, what are you going to say? It's like, dude, it's so a YouTube link. It says it right there. I don't pretty know. Pretty small thing to
0: send effort commenting on a tweet. That's another thing that drives me absolutely crazy about cybersecurity people is people that take cybersecurity too literally, too seriously. Like their whole behavior is to be as secure as possible, but they're annoying Mm -hmm. with it.
1: Yes. It's their personality.
0: Yeah. It's like the person in a, they, they walk around and, you know, if you wrote an address on a piece of paper, they'll tell you that that's, bad opsec
1: yeah there's there's no shortage of people who want to critique other people's opsec especially online but just fucking tend to your own garden man
0: i did i did i spent a decade in zero day research for the most part and at some point you realize that i mean yeah there's hygiene right there's basic things that you can do to be more secure And to this guy's credit, clicking links is one of them, but all you need to really do is kind of hover over these days and it probably tells you the right one, the right link. Um, but beyond that, you know, if you're, if somebody wants to hack you, they're going to hack you. Yeah. It's just a matter of how much time do they want to spend on you and how much money they want to spend on you. So I could hack you if I wanted to spend money on some zero days and some infrastructure. And it would, then it's just a matter of
1: time. Yeah. So new Lord 69 or whatever your name is on Twitter. I hope you're listening and enjoying you made it.
0: And unblock me new Lord. Cause I, I would yeah. like to see your, I welcome hate. I just, I think it's, it gets me going. I was on next door. Um, last Friday, I was on next door. And uh, I wouldn't say I was trolling people, but I was definitely looking for a next door post that I could hop in with some hot takes on.
1: That is uh, next door is one of the most toxic places I've ever seen online. And I've seen some places um, just one. You're so disappointed in your, in your neighbors learning that all your neighbors are just huge racists. We had one I'll never forget. They call They, they just post pictures of people in their cars and they're like, this person is suspicious and it goes on for hours and people start like doxing them. And then, you know, like this really happened a week ago. in our neighborhood, this person started filming and talking to this old lady who came up to these two kids that were playing in the streets and she just drove past them for a second and rolled down her window and said something to them and then drove off. And they got all of her info. We're just dumping it on the site. It was their grandma. They dox oh, these kids' grandma and we're like uh, accusing them of all this stuff, you know, human trafficking and all. Oh, well, human trafficking is big. All of a sudden these people just come out as fucking experts in like human trafficking mechanisms and like their, their operating procedures. And then finally this lady was like, no, that's my mom. You assholes stop fucking calling, you know? And it's like, ah, and it's always like at least once or t- once, once a month, something like that happens. Uh, now that everybody has, these ring cameras, it has created this like paranoia cycle. Like they fucking post those things all the time. It's like this Amazon guy is, you know, is he a terrorist was one of them that we saw because he was driving an unmarked van and he went up to this person's house and the neighbor posted it, not the person's house. He went up to, and it's just like, come on, it's too much. These are it's just too much. probably
0: the same people that are worried about the surveillance state are creating oh, yeah. a surveillance state. Yes. We, we don't, our next door is pretty civil, you know, but there's always hot takes. I mean, whether it's like neighbor, the neighborhood park. Um, but we did get one time where somebody was like, there was this guy, he would go to the store and he was uh, uh, like a personal security or, you know, like a security guard for hire. Mm -hmm. And he would always go to the store and his van looked junky and he was older and, and whatever. And somebody was on there. It's like, have you seen this, uh, fake security van driving around? And they also started getting, you know, like a personal attack on the way this dude looked. And I responded and said, I've seen this guy 20 times in the neighborhood for the last four years. And he's just a, he's just a hardworking dude. He just works for a security company that doesn't have a good, a uh, graphic designer. I don't know, but there's no need to try to tear this guy down and get a cop on him and arrest him or something. Just mind your own business.
1: They can't. It's impossible. It is impossible to, to mind your own business these days. People will mind it for you. <sighs> that place is a hell site. That's the one website that makes me think that there needs to be like accountability for online for that kind of stuff you need to be able to go over your neighbor's house and like i don't know spray them with a water hose or something like posting pictures of grandmas and videos of grandmas and accuse them of human trafficking it's like deserve some kind of wow that's you yeah know?
0: that's a leap that's a leap yeah i've profiled this person yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done an expert visual i like the part in always sunny where he does a visual ocular pat down
1: Ocular pat. pat So these (laughs) people do an
0: ocular pat down and assess that this is sex trafficking. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I'm sure, you know, trained FBI agents just start cringing. Yeah, Um, because we can't arrest all grandmas.
1: No, you can't lock them all up. Nor would you want to. They can be vicious.
0: Our kids play in the yard all the time, and the only time I tell them to tone it down is when my daughter's trying to sell stuff. So Lily, Lily is always trying to like sell art classes or all kinds of things. So she'll take a cardboard sign and write on it, you know, $1 art class. And I have to tell like, girl, look, like, first off, you're holding a cardboard sign, like some kind of wayward, homeless child. And I don't Mm -hmm. want someone to think that you are, you know, you need a ride to, uh, to Dallas or something. And the second was, I don't want random people to actually think that your art class costs a dollar and show up. But I'm proud of her for her entrepreneurial.
1: Yeah. Get some tips, get some advertising tips from her. You're over there ripping her advertising down, but maybe she, maybe you've cost her a sale.
0: That's true. All I, I paid a hundred dollars for two people to control <laughs> <Yeah>. us, <laughs> but yeah. my daughter's out there hustling for, uh, yeah. for wholesome stuff. We don't really, I mean, we, like my mom gets mad at us for how lax we take security. And my point of view is I don't want to be scared. I don't want to live in a neighborhood and then be in constant fear that there's somebody breaking in a window every night. I just, yeah. you know, I can roll the dice a little bit. I can do some, and this is kind of back to the cybersecurity trolling. It's like, you, I, I can do my basic hygiene, but I can also live free and not think that sex traffickers are dressed up as grandmas coming about my house. It's, that's too much stress for
1: me. Yeah. I, my threat models is my fence closed. Do I have a gate on my fence or a lock on my gate? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to view everybody that drives up and down my street as a, potential Suspect. threat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, the same kind of needs there's to go for. I, I love that we're bringing this all back here. to cybersecurity because this, it sounds like it's planned, but you know, have some canary tokens. And then when somebody steals it, you got something, but yep. if every port scan and every a- attack is a, a threat level midnight, then it's, it's not going to, you're going to be busy and you're going to miss the real threat.
1: Hmm.
0: I can't lie though. I, I do some, I do some profiling when I see people. It's mostly the way they walk. I think you can tell a lot by how somebody walks.
1: What do you think they're like carrying a long gun or something under their gym shorts or
0: no, but it, no, but if you, if you meander, if you meander, uh, and you kind of are looking too hard at a house, like you, you're looking at the alley and you're looking beside and maybe you're appreciating the architecture and I'm just putting you in a, in a, in a bad bucket, but there's something about meandering that triggers me on the threat side.
1: You think, you think those are target of opportunity, bad actors looking for the low hanging fruit? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's a ton of joggers. There's a ton of people that walk, but when you walk, you know, you you kind of keep a pace. You kind of keep a pace, but if somebody's just kind of walking, we have an alley. You know, we have that alley behind our house and there's an apartment next door. So when I see somebody walking to like kind of up to our house and then walking back and then forward and then going back to the alley, it, it just seems like recon. Mm-hmm. And recon doesn't make me go post about on next door. It just heightens my observation.
1: Do you have a lot of exterior cameras? Do you have any exterior cameras? No, I don't have any cameras. And I had the I, I had a doorbell cam and I think it made me it made me too jittery. Like everything everybody was a threat. Who is this walking anytime the alerts going I I got rid of it. I got internal cameras. That's it.
0: I, I could probably do one in the alley because I have had some, some bikes stolen and you know, the alley is just a little bit sketch, right? Like it's my trash cans and then you can almost see into my house for anybody listening. Don't, uh, don't at me on my opsec, but, um, the alley could be a place where I put a camera.
1: <clears throat> Plus alleys traditionally, I, it, uh, just sounds seedy. Nothing good happening. An in an oh, yeah, it's always dark alley time. Oh, he's in the back of the dark alley. By the rough, rough ends. Were bad. R- rough ends in the dark alley. It's
0: a nice alley.
1: It was home of the keg boys.
0: Yes, it was. It was definitely good enough for the keg boys. Yeah. It was. It was a, neighbor of ours that basically created a, a club, a dance club right behind our house. And they were college students at university of Texas and no big deal. Would we'll just bring turntables, a huge PA system and just rock it till two, three AM while my children were sleeping.
1: Spanking each other. They
0: did spank each other. That, I, I just yeah. will never forget that. All I heard was "whash," and a bunch of laughing and screaming. And I went and looked, and they're like, "Hey, hey, dude, do you want to spank him?" And I looked. And I just had to kind of piece it together on what they were really asking me. Like, was this an invitation of some uh, some sexual event? I don't know. I don't know how the kids kind of converse these days. But it literally was paddling. They were paddling each other. And I told him, I said, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm I'm fine. (laughs) Cool. If if my wife walks out and I'm paddling a a college (laughs) frat boy, uh, she's going to be disappointed. Yep. They were horrible, but they're gone now.
1: Rest in peace, keg boys, wherever you are, wherever you are, keg boys, don't stop partying. I don't know. I, I, you think, do you think that they, uh, you think the keg boys, took COVID seriously?
0: No, I know they didn't. I know they didn't. They were oh, did, were they still your neighbors during COVID? For like the first four months. And like all the videos you've seen of, of teenagers and uh, college kids that just didn't give a shit. They were right up there. They were ha- they were still having some parties, but they were a little bit smaller. So I'll give them that. But definitely no social distancing and masks. They're nihilists. That generation is just a bunch of nihilists.
1: It's possible. The corona-, corona cannot stop the keg boys from spanking and chugging.
0: I tried everything need- to get rid of them.
1: We should just join them.
0: I did. I did join them the first time. That was one of my big mistakes. I didn't join them like in there at two a.m. But
1: you know, so I you had a beer
0: and I walk did. over there and, and try to appeal to their human side and talk about where they're from and get to know them hoping that would
1: the humanity
0: of the whole thing would have helped me but it i think it actually made me
1: more of a sucker yeah well they they probably thought that you were cool with it since you were over there drinking with them did they at any point ever ask you to be a keg boy or refer to you as a keg boy
0: no no my uh katie got really mad at me for going to have a drink with him Cause for the exact same reason that you said, she was like, you're, you're just basically telling him that you're, you're just, you're an old, you're a middle-aged guy trying to be cool. And it's going to backfire like all middle-aged dudes who think they can still hang. It, it, it's inevitable backfire. Yeah. Cause I know I'm, 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 I'm going through a midlife crisis. So I know exactly that feeling.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah.
0: It's it's a feeling that like- you're so relevant or something like
1: that. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Like when I, I, I just got a new skateboard and been trying to get back on skateboarding at age 44 is its own can of dog shit. But I went to just to tool around at uh, the skate park in my city and man, I'm surprised one of them did like accuse me of being a cop or something, you know, because I'm, <laughs> like, you know, you I'm can't old, even I'm skate. Just I got, I got, yeah, I got I got gray hair, and glasses, and here I am with a brand new skateboard. Hey, fucking narc! <laughs> yeah, and like I'm over there just like struggling to even go anywhere in a in a straight line, and in my head everybody was staring at me and laughing. Of course they weren't; they were too busy trying to you know have fun and smoke cigarettes enjoy the skate park but well i'm I'm proud
0: of you for for hitting the skate park at this point in your it it was a terrible idea
1: yeah i'm we I, i that's i won't go back for a while i'm still flatland only i'm still flatland only
0: did you at least drop in and show show some stuff
1: no dude i can't even no i did not i did not drop in i can tell you that my brain of the last time I was an active skateboarder immediately remembered everything, but no part of my body did. Yeah. (laughs) And it my, like my center of gravity is now, I think like at my throat, uh, my legs, I couldn't get them to operate in the manner that I wanted. The brain signal doesn't go to my feet. My balance is just awful and terrible. Um, it's like a fucking baby giraffe on a frozen lake or something. Just, Why would a giraffe be on a frozen lake? I don't know. I'm just a a deer on a frozen lake. Bambi on ice then. That makes a little more sense. Yeah. Just skittering everywhere.
0: Yeah. I I also have bought a skateboard and um, I've taken it out. That's a little one time. And I, I, I'm in the same ballpark. I mean, when I was skating, I probably could, I could do a kick flip and a heel flip and Holly and all those kind of things. But I was 120 pounds lighter I was not completely winded by just pushing and my balance was much better. So I could still Ollie, I could still pop an Ollie, but it's like a dad Ollie, you know, it's like, uh, obviously I know the mechanics, but in reality, I feel like I'm Ollie, I'm like six feet up. I feel like I'm Ollie, mm-hmm. i like a 15 stair, you know, and I'm doing, I look awesome, but Katie recorded me and I probably all did like half an inch and then almost fell. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. And he was That's rigid. all right though. Hey, he gotta, Maybe steps. Yeah. Maybe steps. I'm definitely gonna be buying some some pads though. I mean, oh it, well
0: that's it, gonna make you look real dumb.
1: I don't I don't care. I don't care. I mean you're gonna look uh dude, I will go I will go out there in a fucking full on mech suit if I have to. I'm gonna learn to skate again. And I don't care. But I'm also not going to blow my knees out, my elbows out.
0: That's not what's going to blow you. What's going to hurt your knees is not going to be falling. It's going to be like a a tear or a pull or a break. I don't know. I I say don't do pads. I I cannot imagine you in pads
1: out there in public. Well, then you you just won't be present when I'm just ripping the quarter pipe and just... Breaking off huge airs on people, and
0: I mean, talk about chi- like- talk about child trafficking. I'm gonna, I, I'll tell my daughters like, if you ever see a an old <laughs> fat dude, an old fat dude with gray hair and full pads with escape. Or he's a he's, cop. He's
1: he's a cop. He's a cop,
0: or he's gonna ship you off uh, for money because this guy is not stable.
1: Well, all of the. Pro skateboarders that I follow on social media, that are over a certain age and closer to my age, they're all padded up. If Steve Caballero is wearing knee pads, it's cool for me to wear knee pads.
0: That's a good point. Is
1: yeah. is he wearing knee pads? Hell yeah, dude. Dude, he's like fifty something.
0: Yeah, that's true. You, well, you want to be able to walk?
1: Yeah. I don't think you need to prove. And those guys have been eating shit for years. You know. Well, they, they I think probably they, already have a lot of problems. Yeah, but it, they still wear pads, and it's helped him long term. Like Tony Hawk just filmed himself doing a an ollie five forty for the last time.
0: Well, on he's a like ramp, you have to wear
1: pads. Yeah, he's like fifty five. That's awesome. Yeah. What a, what an inspiration. That's like that's like his new bit is he's retiring like the McTwist and that five forty ollie, and I think he's trying to do a, a seven twenty for the last time or something. I do think that he's doing it to turn him into. Those things that I don't want to get into, but you know, NFTs. To, but yes, yeah. So you can own like a piece of that or something. But is that is still, that really it, what he's doing, or you just think that? Yeah, no. I, I like was on the on like his Twitter account. He was saying you can own a own a piece of history or something, and then it linked off to some. That's also where I found you could buy the Pringles NFTs, which sent me over the edge.
0: What are the Pringles? I know that.
1: F- I don't know. Pepsi I don't know. They has a were,
0: crypto coin.
1: Yeah. They were offering like Pringles coins or something. And like, you could buy pictures of Pringles cans with, from custom artists, like artist inspired Pringles can NFTs. Like
0: hip, hip artists. Well, this is exactly what Domino's did with lean in the nineties. It's all marketing. We just don't get it.
1: Yeah. I just don't understand it. I I'm just old. I'm fine with that. I hope, uh, you know, I hope the one thing is true that it does help artists make money and maintain ownership. It's always bothered me that how easy it is to, you know, screenshot or just copy and paste over like digital art creator stuff and then just run with it.
0: Well, that, But uh, the NFT doesn't prevent any of that. It, it doesn't? No. The NFT is a receipt. I mean, it, it helps with ownership.
1: Yeah. I, I thought the whole point was to provide core ownership.
0: Uh, the whole point is a get rich quick scheme.
1: Okay. Yeah, well...
0: No, no, it's like I looked at it. It's not, it's definitely worse than you think. And it's pretty bad just on first first glance, first ocular pat down. pretty bad.
1: The first ocular pat down? Because yeah. I
0: thought that the image was embedded in the payload of the token or whatever it is. So I thought, you know, it's cryptographically signed and the image is stored so that you can, you know, cryptographically determine that this owner and this data are the same, but it's not, it's a, it's a cryptographically signed URL to the, to the JPEG on the dealer's site. Oh man. So if the dealer's site, if you buy it on like nifty.com is one of them, I think if you buy it on nifty and you get your token and you look at the metadata on your token, It'll show a link to nifty slash Tonyhawk.jpg. But what's signed is just the almost receipt that you paid for it. So anybody can still go get the, the the URL and download it. But if you wanted to if you wanted to show that you actually paid money for the receipt or the opportunity to resell it, I guess or even if that, uh, that's what you're, that's what you're buying.
1: Hmm. I don't understand art and nor do I understand this NFT version of art. So I think I'll just stay pleasantly in the dark <clears throat> people around here in the sports world. They are, they love buying those NBA top shots, the videos on um, pieces of that. That just I don't seems understand. really,
0: really I don't understand.
1: yeah. Yeah. I don't, we need to get an NFT expert on the podcast and have them explain it all to us.
0: I don't know. I don't know if I want to talk to an NFT expert.
1: I kind of do. I just have, I have so many uninformed questions and I just need to understand how it's not a grift.
0: Well, it is a grift. Okay. Well, Uh, well, I mean, you know, in the, in the free market, it's, if people will pay for it, then it's valuable value. Mm -hmm. Value doesn't have to be intrinsic value. could just be like, uh, whatever people pay for I, I, the thing about the top shot stuff is, is in my collecting, in my collecting wisdom, I collect comics. So now I'm an expert there's gotta be some rarity and there's gotta be some desire. So I want, a amazing fantasy 15 first appearance of Spider-Man for obvious reasons. I want them. It has a cultural impact. It's cool. I like the idea of heroes and villains and there weren't that many of them that were made and there certainly aren't a lot of them that are in good condition because it was owned by kids. If you bought an, an, an amazing fantasy 15 off the rack in 1962, the chances that in 2021 it'll look good are are very low. But with the Top Shot NFTs, those are just uh, 10 frames or 60 frames of a game that's played 100 times a year. And that's for one player. So what's what's the rare? And they sell multiple of them. That's what's crazy to me. Even on Top Shot, like a LeBron James dunk, right? Like, okay, that's kind of cool, I guess. But they sell 20 of the same dunk. It's the opposite of rare.
1: Yeah, and do the players get a cut of that?
0: They get a cut by belonging to the NBA
1: Players Association. Is there revenue that's generated into there? Like, is it licensed out Mm -hmm. in some way?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, well, but that... Yeah, I mean, okay. But... It's... Comical to me, and, and maybe I don't get it. I'm I'm open to that. I'm open to the fact yeah. that I don't get it, but it's comical to me.
1: We should. Look, we need to release some NFTs. Go for it. The ship
0: has sailed. If you would have gotten in in December and bought some Beeple NFTs for
1: Beeple, what the fuck is Beeple?
0: Beeple's the dude who sold a 68 million dollar NFT on Christie's. He's an artist.
1: So he's okay.
0: They, but he's been selling the NFTs since December. And I think the, the original collections that he sold were $99 a piece. They were pretty reasonable, whatever they were. they were. They were very reasonable. So if you had bought a bunch of those in December, then by now they'd be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars each.
1: Could you sell them to somebody? Could you sell your Beeple shares or your Beeple tokens? Yeah. Yeah, people will buy them for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yep,
0: and that's uh, the vendor is just a broker, you know, like a collectible clearinghouse. So you, so their platforms let you resell tokens, and there's a huge market for it.
1: Well, I take back what I said earlier about not knowing anything about art. I'm a huge art guy, uh, and I create art. So if anybody has a couple hundred grand and want to invest in me, an underground aspiring abstract minimalist artist, my NFTs will be going on sale next week for a hundred grand.
0: You have to, you have to create false scarcity. That's the, the marketing So they have drops. Like every Friday, there's a drop from uh, a couple of artists. So if yeah. you're going to build your personal brand up, you need to create that kind of anticipation. And maybe this is what we're missing about marketing security software.
1: We should offer customers drops of exposures <laughs> yeah. in their environments. The
0: next drop of <laughs> of detections.
1: Brought to you Friday. by, Sup- yeah, brought to you by Supreme and Alpha Wave. Didn't they kind of master that? Supreme did. They mastered yep. the whole drops thing.
0: Yep. They're just coming.
1: They're coming out with cameras supreme uh-huh. yeah, they're partnered with everybody they will co-brand years. with anybody and that was just a skate company in the 90s it's all marketing yeah genius
0: we need to you, you, I, I just can't help it talked about being middle-aged i just i can't help thinking of that that meme with uh uh, what's the guy holding a skateboard? Oh, Steve Bushimi? Right. Yeah. I just, that's just one, how I feel anytime I try to get into some next generation marketing.
1: Yep. That's really just how I feel in general in life. When any, and I talk to anybody. Hey, how do you do? Fellow kids. Accept me.
0: Is cybersecurity going that way? Or are the new kids be so much better that... They'll make. They'll make better. fun
1: of us. They're already way better, and they're already making fun of us. So yeah.
0: Like oh haha, you wrote shell code, lamer. Yeah. Now I have AI driven. Right. You know machine learning.
1: Rock yeah. Back, back in my day, we we had to use DD to make images of physical hard drives to do response. I you know. Now they just push a button and they can archive an entire data center in minutes. Well, not maybe not minutes, but it's, it's, yeah, they're, they're going to they're gonna be better because of, of all the automation, all the tools available and the exit, the extensibility of all of it. If
0: there's anybody under 26 that listens to this podcast, please leave a comment and troll us and tell us how mm-hmm. much we suck. Because I want to know what the, I want to know what the burn is.
1: Yeah, or come, or come on the podcast too.
0: Yeah, come even better. Come on the podcast. Yeah. Tell us about how how young cybersecurity professionals approach approach the work, and then we will talk. Uh, we will try to tell you stories like we did la- last podcast to make us seem cool, make us seem relevant. And yeah, we want you just to roast us the whole podcast.
1: Yeah. You know, it's just going to turn into them talking about all the excessive te- tech dev that we've left, you know, the next two generations of, of tooling and antiquated compliance mechanisms and how they have to dig through that just to do any kind of simple job. So, yeah. Hit us up. I want to hear about it.
0: I just had a little uh, mini panic attack. Are we the boomers of cybersecurity? Yes. Well,
1: there's... Yeah. Yes. Probably. There's still... Legit boomers in there.
0: Well, I, just, I don't mean I don't mean like the age you were born, like when you got.
1: No, I know, I, I know what you mean, like the curmudgeon. Um
0: We're gonna try to stay I relevant th- way too long.
1: Yeah, I mean, if Richard Stallman just got put back on the Free Software Foundation board, which is horrific. Why, so why
0: is that a big it, deal? I read something. That I don't know why it's a big
1: because he's a gigantic creep. Oh, he is? He's yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. Gigantic creep. Like just completely inappropriate in all facets of his life. So lot, they lost a lot of sponsors. They lost Red Hat and a couple other ones. EFF, I think. I don't know if the EFF sponsored them or not, but they released a statement about it. But Red Hat dropped funding.
0: It seems like a tone deaf move. Yeah. I went and saw Richard Solomon in 2002, 2003, speak at like a small community college. I didn't get a creepy vibe, but it was, it was painful to listen to because mm-hmm. he just like we're doing now pontificated on his decade, uh, success from a decade ago yep. and he, he spent 20 minutes talking about the difference in GNU and Linux. That, that was, oh that was his, yeah. his, his hot, his hot take.
1: He spawned an entire generation of people and still on Twitter to this day, if you say something about they installed Linux on there. Well, actually, Linux is the kernel GNU. You know, they go off on that tangent still to this day. It's like, motherfucker, shut up. You know,
0: who cares what cat was? Who cares that you, you know, you have cat in your install? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean that's a package away. So you could go you could run a, a complete non-GNU Linux distribution if you really wanted to.
1: There is a a, a good story from uh, Matt blades. He does a lot of election law and election election security stuff. He talked about his one interaction with Richard Stallman. He somehow ended up on the sitting next to him on an airplane. And he tried to avoid, and Stallman knew who he was. And it turned into him talking to Matt Blaze about his headphones for an hour because he you know, was asking him how he could support free software when he was wearing headphones that, cl- that were clearly using closed-source software. And then it just turned into a mess. He, he documented the whole conversation. It just sounds terrifying. What a nightmare being stuck with that, that, that dude. The dude who, he just foot lent on stage once. He did what? Ate like his foot length on stage. No. to talk or something. It's like, like dude, come on.
0: So yeah, he was that's probably wearing that. skateboard pads.
1: Maybe. So that's probably what the that's definitely what the the younger generations think about us. We're just fucking booger. Oh, leaders. don't don't put me in his category. Fuck that. No, I'm I'm not saying you're we're Stallman. You know, I'm not saying we're Hato supporters or whatever. But
0: yeah, I don't. I don't. The, the technology guru, the, the technology uh, cult, I don't know. Do, do the young kids even give a shit?
1: Mm. I don't know. I think there's always going to be those, those types who have to have, if it's not a particular way, it's terrible. I don't think that's a generational thing. I think that's just people being buttheads. We do need to have the, uh, f- on one podcast, we do need to get some pro and anti uh, bone disclosures and, and, and bone marketplace people on. I want to hear Uh-oh, that discussed. I, I don't know. I want to I I hear that, that. discussed in a, in a non-confrontational uh, role.
0: So you think an actual debate on this podcast, which is all about.
1: If it could be lighthearted, is what I'm saying. If it could be lighthearted,
0: you know. They've been trying to debate that for twenty plus years, and uh-huh. it never ends. Lighthearted.
1: No, no. I
0: I can tell you what the right answer is. is no, it's no, save answer.
1: it, save it. Hang on, I'm teasing. I'm teasing <laughs> a future podcast. Come on, this is part of my. This is part of the bit. I'm teasing teasing future episodes.
0: All right, because I don't I could go on go off at from this for a very long time, it, but well, it, I could. Ugh, I could sum it up so easily.
1: Well, let's gonna, just let's leave it there. Contain it.
0: Hold it I'll, in. Hold it in. I'll hold it. Yeah, this is. Uh, you
1: have to. you, you got. You can hold it till the next stop.
0: But I need to just let it go.
1: Yep. Turn the page. I don't even have really anything else to talk about.
0: Yeah. Well, we've been going for an hour. You know, we uh, we want to weave in cybersecurity throughout these shows. Mark and I tend to ramble and to bring up other topics, and you might not care at all. Uh, you might be looking for the. Don't. For the meat, and this is there's no there's not a lot of meat here. Um, no. It's very opinionated, and also we don't have very educated opinions because we are not very educated. Yeah. So you get what you pay for.
1: If you want poop, poop jokes, we're here for you. Well, we do we do have jokes. Yeah. Well that's I do wanna I do wanna kick it out real quick. Uh listen to, listen to the new God's Hate album called God's Hate featuring the song God's Hate. And that's metal, right? Yeah, it's hardcore, yeah. Is it it's a good album. I just like saying that. I love that the band had the audacity to name a song after them and then the album after them. It's like all three of them. And then the, the cover art to the album is just like this old song it's like samurai style art, but he's got an Uzi and there's flames everywhere. And
0: I do like the art. I remember now that you sent yeah. that out. Yeah. I do like the art.
1: That's just how rock and roll should be packaged. Huh.
0: Well, we're at another episode and, um, we talked about stuff. So there's always that we're going to do these every week and they will vary in quality. Next week. We want to have a special guest. We want to try to get on our show, different opinions and different people, and hopefully find some young folks to roast us at some point. Yes. And Mark wants some more exposure.
1: Not to be ageist. If you just hate us and want to come on here and tell us how much we suck, we'll, we'll take you.
0: Don't expect to get like a rise out of us. We are very hard to upset.
1: You're not telling us anything new.
0: NFTs might upset me the most these days, but that's passing, And it doesn't even really upset me. It's your money. If you want to throw your money away, throw it away. But wait for a charity NFT, like a nonprofit NFT and buy that. It's my take. All right. Another episode, Alpha Wave After Hours, Season 1, Episode 2 on YouTube. It's also now on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify, go check it out. I, I think I set it up correctly, but if not, uh, leave a comment and tell us how stupid we are. It fuels us. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging. Thanks for checking it out. Make sure to wear your, your pads when you go skating. And uh, right. don't break into my house now that you know about my lack of security.
1: All right. That's right.
0: Thanks, everybody. I love you. Hey, I love you too. Oh, you, that was for the audience.
1: That's for the listeners. But all right, all
0: right, later.